our goal is to talk about Romans 8.28. It's a misunderstood passage. You can probably recite it. A lot of you can probably recite it. In New King James, we know, and that's one thing that, that, um, that we have to start with. We know, what do we know? That all things work together for good. Well, what, what's the problem with that? You, you see this. We have these plaques in our house. We probably have three of them with, with Romans 8.28 uh, on them in various ways. Well, well, notice this. All things work together for good. Okay, that's good. That's good to read. But something's kind of missing there, isn't it? That's not the whole verse. Because New King James, again, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. To those who love God, and then we can stop there. But So we stop there sometimes. But we know that there's more to it. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. And so we see even more there and and if you if you just start with that one that one plaque that we looked at that first sign what might be the problem with that but it's it's a it is a comforting it's a comforting scripture that we have thrown at people over and over again with with great intentions with great, and we've done nothing wrong except what well, well, well we'll talk about this if you have a handout you might notice it's it's a bare bones handout you have the little introduction you have the scripture reference 828 uh, of Romans and you have uh, an outline that just says uh, the context and consideration and conclusion so what is that for it's for you to take notes if you want to it's for you to write down the references and as we as we talk about the considerations, just just jot those things down. I'm not going to give you week by week an outline of everything that I'm saying, but it is, it is, uh, it is something that maybe you can use and then study later, and so that's, that's the goal of the handout. There's an old adage, into every life some rain must fall. What are some other, what are some other phrases that we might use to let people know there are going to be hard times in life? You think of a rose. What do we say about a rose? Every, every rose has its thorns. Yeah. What else? I'm sorry? It rains on the just and the un, unjust. And it, but, but some of these are sayings are to comfort people. Well, you know, every rose is a beautiful thing, and every rose has its thorns. But if you run your hand down a, a stem of a rose, that's not going to be fun. Uh, and it hurts me thinking about it. So, so there are times when we say, we, you know, trouble comes to, it comes to all kinds of people. But every person who has lived, every person who will ever live is going to have difficult times. And if you're not having difficult times at the moment, you have. And if you're not, you will have hard times. And there are various degrees of hard times. You think about some of the hardest times in your life, lives, some of the times that you just thought, I don't know how this ends, but I can't imagine it ending well. And you have various levels of those of those uh, times. They're not. We don't welcome trouble. We don't get excited. Well, I hope today uh, I get I get to have a a rose, and I hope today I get to to have experience all these thorns. We we don't want trouble. We don't enjoy it. We we would rather go through life without hardships. Even though we know, okay, and you might be thinking, yeah, but those are necessary for good things. That's right. Struggles produce strength. But some of us might do anything to avoid certain trials. 
we, we, would, we would give pretty much anything to avoid. And, and you think about this, and I know it's true for, for, us, for us all. It's one thing to suffer. It's one thing for us to suffer personally. But it's another thing to watch someone we love like crazy suffer. And we can't say, well, there's a rose. There's going to be a rose at the end. We'll talk about that in just a minute. You know, most, most ministers and most Christians, who, when people find out that, that they are Christians, they get this question or they have this idea uh, to, to, to wonder. Preachers get this um, sincere, God-fearing people, and, and they will ask these questions about why. Why does tragedy happen? Why does suffering take place? It's very perplexing if you think about it, if you try to answer that. Has to do with tragedy. Tragedy has to do with suffering, and 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 it has to do with a with a desire to know the reasons. It's not a new question. Job asked, "What did Job ask? We, you know, what in the world? Why why is this happening?" Habakkuk, "O Lord, how long shall I cry and you will not hear? Even cry out to you violence and you will not save." And Habakkuk asked questions like that over and over again. Just pondered. Okay, so we get to Romans 8.28. And um, we're getting ready to go to James in a second. But uh, 8.28, I just clicked it off. Okay. How many times have we given that verse? I remember going through some difficult times and getting cards and notes with that, with Romans 8.28 on it. And I remember the first time when I was in college and I was going through some struggles with some people and, and we needed to work out some problems between us. We were in a, we were in a band together. We were traveling 50,000 miles a summer together just having shows all over the place. And we weren't getting along, as you can imagine, in a van with five people, 50,000 miles, um, just getting on each other's nerves. And I remember I'd never, I hadn't been a Christian long, maybe a year or so. And I didn't know this first, but we started working it out. And one of the girls in the band gave me this verse and said, see, it all works together for good. And, and I, I thought that was pretty cool. But we've, we've given that to people and, and urged people to take it. And, and um, when someone loses a loved one, we might hand it. If someone loses a job, we might, we might give that verse to help them. Or they come down with a serious illness or or just all kinds of situations. We have good intentions, but but is that really what we need to be given? What are we saying? You know, for centuries it's been used, and when when all things are going well, you can say, see, all things work together for good. All things are going well, and you went through the struggle, but now look. Isn't that the way it works? Not always. Not always. A senseless tragedy. If something terrible happens, and then all of a sudden, this passage might hang over our heads. We're really, we're, we're bitter, we're discouraged, we're at our wit's end, and this passage, so this is going to end well. I've got to figure out how, how, where the good is in this. But not, not every situation's in, end well. We know that. It, tragedy happens. 
tragedy happens. And so our view of God, how might this be? So Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good. I'm going through this terrible time. Obviously, it's, it's been diagnosed or whatever. It's not going to end well. This is hanging over our heads. Why might that cause a problem? What, what problems might that cause with the, with the hearer of this verse when they're going through trage- tragedy? Our, our view of God, our, our view of the Bible, what, what might happen to that? Our view of God. Yeah, it, it, it brings doubt. It brings confusion. It, it brings frustration. And I believe it brings guilt. Right, and that's, yes, that's one of my little things. But Janice said, and, and, and I'll say this again, it makes us wonder, do, because the, the, the stipulation, all things work together for who? For those who love God. And then we hear those who love God, what? Enough. Yeah, I mean, that's not part of the scripture, but we hear that. And Janice said, you know, it makes me makes us think sometimes, yeah, maybe we don't love God enough. And so it's not getting better. And so and so we're confused and our view of God is, is warped. And so we live day by day and we come and we realize something that is true without a doubt. All things don't work together for good all the time. They don't, and they won't, and we, we've just got to accept that, but figure out how to handle it. You know, a lot of stories, they, they, a lot of people's stories and their lives and their situation, they end on a dark note, and we've got to go through a process. I mentioned in the, in the prayer, a grieving process a lot of times in a lot of situations, and so, so some people might say, see, all things work, yeah, it didn't work good, but, but God said in the Bible, didn't he say that it's going to work together for good? And so then he must have done this. He must have caused this tragedy. Yes, Dan. The blind, even very godly people, mm-hmm. when they lose someone that is tender, mm-hmm. a child, yeah. it is very, very difficult. Not to get angry. Yeah, Stan made, made a good, I mean, a, a great statement. When someone loses someone, and, and and he uses word tender, I like that, I like that word, and it and it creates a center spot. And it's it, like a child, someone loses a child. It's very easy to get angry. It's very easy to get bitter. It's very easy to get confused. It's very easy to have a different perception of God than we should have. And so are we to understand that God is a source of tragic events? No, we'll talk about that. And is part of his plan to cause these things to happen. I mean, Doug and I, Doug and I were talking about that right before. Um, we yes. Well, there is a good that we're going to work toward, and 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 we're going to talk. What is good? What is all all things working to get? What is good? We'll we'll get there um, because. No, 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 no. I appreciate. No, I'm not saying. Well, wait a minute, Dana, you did wrong. You jump the gun. You you pull the rug out. No, 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 no. I like that because you're thinking in the direction that we're going, and that's good. That's good. And so, is his plan to cause bad things to happen? Not at all. Not at all. We cannot think. We cannot think like that at all. We have to uh, understand that people are going to have questions. But we also understand. We also need to understand the misapplication, and we're going to look at some. We're going to look at several scriptures in just a few moments that 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 have been misapplied 
in, in terrible situations. But we have to understand, Romans 8, 28, someone might say, well, okay, so God has a plan. We just kind of ride the roller coaster because he's got a destination for us and everyone in life is going to have problems, tragedy, struggles. And so, but everyone in life, that's God's plan. We just have to ride the roller coaster and eventually it's going to end up good for everybody because that's the way life is and that's the way God made life. What is that called? That, that, that idea of thinking it's all planned out, it's going to work together for good, that we're going to have difficult things happen, but, but we're going to see great things on the way. Because that's the way it, it, God, God, it's, it's God's plan. No one knows God's plan, but people say, well, that's his plan from the beginning. We, and, and there's a blueprint. We're going to follow it. We just follow the script. God's written it for, their, for our lives. We have no choice but to follow the road. We don't have a choice. We're not able to make a choice. We just have to follow. Uh, and, and, and so then there's a road map. It's to, we have no choice. We're on this, and there will be pitfalls, but God will get us out and keep us going. Predestination. Predestin yeah, predestin predestination. And that's exactly right. And it's wrong, but, but that's exactly what I was describing. That, that, that you don't have a choice, but God's going to get you through it. And you don't have to make that choice. And so what's the problem? You flip that around. Well, if God, is gonna, if God has a plan and he's going to take me through, then he is absolutely guilty of all the bad things that are happening to us in our lives. And, and the truth is he's absolutely not guilty. Not guilty. And so there's a belief that God designed us to have to have an inclination of evil. Listen to this phrase that I found. Um, Yetzer Hara, Jewish rabbis, they called this the, the evil inclination. You can't help it. You have no choice. Um, but we have a choice, and we know that. We're made in God's image, and we have to accept that when we commit evil, it's not God's will, and he didn't make us do it. It's our choice. Okay, so we're going to, um, we already looked at that, James 1. I'll give, I'll give you a chance to get there. So the idea that, that um, we, we make decisions, but, but the idea of predestination, no, we don't make decisions. We don't have to. We, we, it's, it's all there for us. Okay, but James 1, starting in 12, what does it say? Blessed is a man who what? Who endures temptation. What is that, what is that in, intimate? What, what can we gather from that? That man is, is supposed to endure. Well, how does he do that? He makes a decision to endure. When he has been approved, it says in verse 12, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. We heard that in Romans 8, 28. Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he, God himself, tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by what? By his, not capital H, his, my own desire. My own desire, not something that God put in me because he doesn't do it. Each one's tempted by his own desire. Then when desire is conceived, gives birth to sin. Sin when it's full grown. Don't be deceived. And that's, uh, and that's what James says. People are going to try to deceive you into thinking you don't have a choice. 
But you do. They're going to try to deceive you into thinking, well, that's what God wants me to you, He doesn't want you to, to, do, to do evil, practice evil. And so, who, who do we blame for bad things? Well, people blame God. Well, he, he, he made this happen. But really, who doesn't get enough credit? That's kind of where we were going with Doug Thompson and I just before. Who doesn't get enough credit? What about Job? Huh? Yeah, who, who does not, who is responsible? Who doesn't get enough credit for the bad stuff that happens? Yes, <laughs> Satan. I mean, and we don't, we, we, we want to blame God and we don't even talk about Satan. And statistics show people believe in heaven, people believe in God, but they don't believe in hell and they don't believe in Satan. They believe there might be an evil force, but that's it. Well, that's wrong. The Bible teaches God is not the source of, of everything. The Bible teaches he's not the source of everything that's happened to us. He's not the cause of tragedies. He's not the cause of difficult times. We cannot and we should not and we never should uh, credit every kind of suffering to God because that's not that is absolutely not true. And if we do that, then what kind of perspective do we have of God? Very non-biblical. It's, it just totally goes against Scripture. Bad things happen. God must be putting me through a trial to refine me. No, absolutely not. We have to understand the verse doesn't teach that the Christian will be spared uh, suffering in his life. So, so here are some scriptures. And I don't even know if you can see that. I'm going to read them for you. See, here, there, there's a monitor back there, and Andy has laser eyes. I think I mentioned this last week. He can see like the littlest thing. And he, we, he put that up there, and I stood on the stage the first day that we put it in here. He says, so can you see it? No. And so we made that big for me. No, I can't see it. So everything on there is on my paper, and hopefully it's working. But so, so the idea is it doesn't teach that the Christian will be spared pain, even though texts like this might be confusing. So you start with Psalm 91.7. A thousand may fall at your side, but ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. We have another verse, Psalm 91.10. No evil shall befall you, nor any plague come near your dwelling. So 121st Psalm, verse 7, the Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. Proverbs 133, whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. What do I have up here? <laughs> Proverbs 133 and then 1221. Uh, no grave trouble will overtake the righteous. Great, but the wicked shall be filled with evil. That's right. No bad thing will happen to me. First Peter three thirteen. And who is and who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? Wonderful. That's the kind of life I want. I want to follow God, so nothing bad will happen to me. I want to follow God. I want to be righteous, so nothing bad will happen to me in the world. But we know that's these are misapplied in a lot of situations. We know there's stipulations, and we know that bad things happen. And and this isn't saying, oh, I want to follow God, so I will be spared pain for the rest of my life. We're going to look at some verses that are just contrary to that. Bible says all things work together for good, but they haven't worked for my good, even though I love the Lord. And that's what Janice was talking about. Maybe this tells me what I don't love God enough. And apparently I don't have enough faith. And apparently he's trying to get me. 
because I don't love him enough. But God is absolutely not against us. Absolutely. So we go to Romans 8. Let's go to Romans 8 again. And in the midst, so, so the context, I know we're kind of out of order, but this context, we've got to look at what's surrounding and what's in front of and what's behind it. Because it, Romans 8.28, we throw that verse saying, see, good thing, no, yeah, you're going through a hard time, but tomorrow is going to be great. So we throw that out there. But notice this, Romans 8, we're in 8. Some, some interesting scriptures. Okay. All things work together for good. Okay, verse 18. <laughs> I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to compare to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed. Wait a second. Romans 8:28 says all things, but but he but here here he says in verse 18, sufferings that are happening right now. It, it that's not a good thing, it doesn't sound like look at 35. And I'm going to come back to this later on. Um, of eight, eight thirty-five. We're working four scriptures out of eight. Thirty-five and thirty-six of Romans eight. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Okay. So what? What things might? Shall tribulation? Absolutely. So you mean there's going to be tribulation? Yes. Distress? There's going to be, but that won't separate us. Will there be persecution? Apparently, in Romans eight, it says there will be famine or nakedness or peril or sword. And thirty-six, as it's written. <laughs> this doesn't sound fun at all. It doesn't sound like it's working for good on the surface. And, and Dana makes a point, and we're going to get there in a second. But it, as it is written, 36, for your sake, we are enjoying life all day long. Life is great for your sake. No, we're being killed. We're, we're, we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. We're being killed. Well, I know you're being killed, but it's it, but you know it's for your own good apparently because you don't love God enough. Look at eight thirty-eight. I'm persuaded that neither death—that's going to happen—nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, are going to what? So it is from so things to notice this things present, nor things to come. What things to come? You know all the good stuff that might separate us from God. The good stuff, did you hear me? The good stuff that might separate us from God. There's no good in that. Okay, so some other scriptures. First, and Not to paint a bleak picture of, of Christianity, because Christianity is the most amazing thing that, that has ever been, uh, you know, as far as an institution, as far as the church, Christianity is the most amazing thing ever. 2 Timothy 3.12. Yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will, will just enjoy it, will be on vacation. Everyone who decides to follow Christ will be on vacation. I mean, they will just, no, what does it say? You will suffer persecution. Okay, we're going to look at several scriptures from 1 first, first Peter. 1 first Peter. So go over there. We have four little sections. Some of them are kind of lengthy, but we're going to get through. I'm going to scan, skim through. So the first place we land on is chapter 1 in 1 Peter. 1 Peter 1. Oh, I should do that too. 1 Peter. 1 Peter 1. 6 and 7. In this you greatly rejoice. Great. What? Though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Why would I rejoice in that? 
That the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it's tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glorify at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You will suffer. 1 Peter 2.20, what credit is it if when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently, but when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God, you will suffer. And how you take it, how you deal with it, is you deal with it realistically, but as a Christian, you're going to do it differently. Here's a little lengthy section, chapter 4, 1 Peter. <laughs> First uh, Peter four twelve and sixteen. First Peter four. First Peter four twelve. We start there, and we just if we if we live off of eight twenty eight, and we use that to encourage people, even though it's not really encouraging. Uh, if you look at the surrounding scriptures in that sense, it is encouraging to a point, and we'll talk about that. But if you live, and then and then you look at First Peter four, and you start in twelve, <laughs> don't. Think it's strange concerning the fire trial, which is to try you. It's, don't be surprised. Wait a second. This isn't how it's supposed to happen. But rejoice into, to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings. So I'm going to partake of Christ's sufferings, and it's going to be all peaches and cream, even though I'm going to, well, what, is it, what does it mean to partake of Christ's sufferings? How, did he suffer at all? Excruciatingly so. We're going to partake of that, really? And, I, and this question comes up, and it came up, and, and I want to talk about this question. Uh, several months ago, I was at Richwood uh, Church of Christ in, in Richwood, over by Lake Jackson, and, and a, a woman asked, um, can I ask you a question? Yes. We talk about the hardships of Christianity to young people, and all they hear is how difficult it is. But what, what can we tell them about the joy of it? And the truth is, everyone faces hardships. You're going to do it without Christ, or are you going to suffer with Him and and show His glory? Verse 14 of First Peter 4. I want to come back to the question that I just asked. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, great, blessed are you. Really happy are you. For the spirit of glory and God rests upon you. On their part, he is blasphemed. On your part, he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, evildoer, as a busybody in other people's matters. Yet, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. Let him glorify God in this manner. And then we go to 1 Peter 5, one chapter over. And we're going to look at two verses in, in 1 Peter 5, 9 and 10. 9 and 10, resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world, 1 Peter 5, 9. But may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have what for a while? Suffered for a while. Perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Can, can you be strengthened while you suffer? Apparently. Can you be established or solidified or, or, or placed on you know, solid ground? Absolutely. Can you be strengthened? Can you, can you get your feet on the ground and have stability in your life while you're suffering? Absolutely. Because when storms come, we plant ourselves. Where? Foundation of God. Why? Because we want to glorify Him. That's our motivation, and it just should assure us that because things don't work out the way that we think God should do it, we never wonder about God's love. We don't. 
We wonder, well, what's going to happen next? But we never wonder if God loves us or not. We can't. We don't. We need to understand. It's, it's what Romans 8.28 is saying. And listen closely. God's love is with the faithful. It's, God's love is with the faithful. You stick with me. You're called. You work through. And then verse, verse um, 10 of 1 Peter 5 again. May the God of all grace who called us to where? Called us. Romans 8.28. Those who love God and who are called. Called where? First, first Peter 5.10. To his eternal glory. When will it work for the best? Glory is going to happen. Coming of tragedy will happen. Doesn't mean that God's angry with us. He's not trying to get us for something we've done, even though we might wonder. There are things that are going to happen. It's part of the world. It, it, we're going to die. We're going to suffer uh, different things. But there are things that are going to happen, and we just have to um, understand a lot of problems that we have is, are based on our decisions, but a lot of problems, we didn't decide to have them. We just decide how to handle them. And so we need to understand a few things. And we have, I have some, uh, some scripture to go through, but I want to, I want to notice verse 26, the Holy Spirit is working. Romans eight twenty six. God is working. Whatever happens, it's for the ultimate good. Well, what is good? Good is, for me, we're called to where? Eternal life. That's good. And, and you get through this life. I'm going to sum it up like this in, a, in just a few moments. You get through the life and good things happen. But, but, but he's prepared to help. According to 1 Peter 5, he's prepared to what? To establish and strengthen and settle us. To welcome us. Those who have remained faithful. So we have a terrible tragedy in our lives. What do we need to know? Our God is ready to assist us. Why? Because he loves us. And in our faithfulness, we can be strengthened. Not because we feel like we should, but because we wholeheartedly believe. Does that mean everything's going to be easy? No. Well, if I believe in him, if I, if I have my faith, I'll be strengthened and I'll be fine. No, you might not ever recover from what you're going through. You can be strengthened. We might not ever recover. Love strengthens us. So the the trials, even to, to the point, um, First Peter. I think I want to go to eight twenty five, uh, chapter eight. We're going to look at twenty five through thirty nine, just real quickly. I know that we've already looked at some of this stuff, but we have to we have to understand um, that, that that there is more to it than meets the eye. We're going to. Is Romans 8, 28? I, anyway, where is this? Um, I See, I can't see this. Fifth, who, who shall separate us from the love? What is that verse? 20, no, 36? Yes. My, my little tiny print, 36. Now my eyes focused. I have contacts in. Who shall separate us? Romans 8, 36. Correct. Who shall separate us? Is that right? Okay. 35. Really? Okay. Thanks. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ shall what? Tribulation. Nope. Or trouble. Or distress. Nope. Or persecution. Nope. Or famine. Nope. Nakedness. No. Peril. Sword. Absolutely not. For your sake, we're killed all day long. We're sheep. Yep. And all those things were more than conquerors. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait. More than conquerors? And those tribulations were more than conquerors. 
Through him who loved us. How? Through him who loved us. For I am persuaded, here he goes again, that neither death nor life nor angels, principalities, powers nor things present nor things to come. And I, I, I want to start over with this scripture. And I mentioned it in, in the pulpit before. I mentioned it in classes before. When you read this scripture, just it, it crescendos. In other words, it gets louder and more forceful. I, I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is where in Christ Jesus. Our obligations are this. Meet the struggles, meet the trials head on with Christ, with God. The way that Jesus did. Because Jesus didn't say, okay, it's coming, crucifixion is coming, I'm going to die for, with everyone's sins on there. Let me figure out a way out of this. And he did pray um, to God, but he, he said, let your will be done. When he asked, can this cup pass? No, it can't. Well, then let your will be done. And, and But he then he faced it head on. Yes. Nice. Janice said he never doubted the Father's love. And that's how we handle things. And then um, did I... Okay, yeah, I want to go back because I got these out of order. Romans, and then look at 1 Peter 2.23. I'm out of order, but, but this isn't second to last. Um, who then, when he was reviled, this Jesus did not revile in return? He didn't. He suffered. He did not threaten or committed himself to judges. When Jesus' response was, Paul says that, that he has a thorn in his flesh. Paul had this attitude too. I have a thorn in my flesh. That I'm being grieved by, the whole, by, by Satan. And I asked twice and he said no, so I'm happy with it. I'm going to make the best of it. It's a very loose paraphrase, but... But I appreciate your attention. Troubles will come. What is the good, Dana? It's heaven. You, it all works out for the faithful. That's heaven. Um, and, and I believe that's salvation, eternal life, and that's what we're called to. And I'm sorry. Yeah. But at, the end of, at the end of that section in 1 Corinthians, uh, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. And live with that. And you can live with that. Okay. Thanks, y'all. 